Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Oh, good morning, Heights family. It's wonderful to see everybody today. And today we're going to talk about government. Isn't that thrilling? Is anybody but me just finds this? I just don't know if I have the energy to do this today. Uh, just where is there good to go when we talk about government? You know, actually, our goal today is not to talk about government. Our goal is to pray about government. But now the problem is, is that when you talk about government, that's not like this neutral, vague entity. You're, you're talking about a particular leader or politician. You're talking about particular issues. And we all have thoughts on these leaders and institutions. And it's hard to talk about, hey, we're just talking about praying for government. But you're, now we're talking about praying about how we engage with that, that leader, that politician, that issue. And it's difficult. And we, in most cases, not only have strong opinions, we have strong emotions about this. I, I struggle very much with the current administration in the United States of America. And, and the key reason for that, and, and this is their words, not mine. This is my, not my interpretation of what they're doing. This comes right out of the Attorney General's office. Their, their belief that religious freedom is a lesser freedom to sexual freedom. And that sexual freedom needs to be moved ahead at whatever expense or cost to other freedoms. So now we're going to talk about praying for government. And so wh- where does that bring, you know, a, a religious person? You know, well, I'm, you know, I'll tell you what I'm praying for government. I'm praying the fire of God falls on the government. And boy, not only can I pray that, But, oh, I can do it with a tremendous sense of righteousness. I didn't say self-righteousness. I can do it with righteousness. And you know what? I got the verses to back it up. Maybe. Maybe that should be my attitude. Maybe not. My, My hesitancy isn't over the goodness and rightness of freedoms. My hesitancy isn't over what Scripture says or what God thinks about that. Folks, my, my hesitancy is the entire mindset at, at, at which we enter talk prayer, talk, talking to God about government, praying about government. And, and it, it becomes very, very challenging when, when we go to God and we're going to talk about something that, I, first of all, I don't need God, any of God's input. I already know what God thinks because God thinks what I think on this. You know, we can do that with any topic But I think there's no topic where we more consistently do that. I don't even need to check with God where he is on this. God's where I am. And and so when we, when we come into again we're not praying about an issue we're not we're not t- talking about a politician we're talking about praying for government but I I can't separate that from my thoughts and feelings about the government and that just that just puts us in a real tricky place. You know the uh, God spoke to the Romans in the first century, and He talked to them about the government 
that they were under. And this is a group of people who I feel like would really be operating with Scripture from a place where they could say, God, we're, we're calling you to drop fire on our nation. We're, we're calling you to drop fire on our empire. And, and, and as, as God addressed them, it was uncomfortably more about how they lived under that government than it was how they call fire down on that government. It's uncomfortably more, I say uncomfortable, on how we pray for that government. Things other than that God's fire would fall on them. We are continuing our series today, What Would God Pray? And as I've said each week, God doesn't pray like you and I maybe think of praying. Uh, But what are our prayers? Our our prayers are my will, my desires. And I'm asking God to bless, provide, protect, heal, guide on my will and on my desires. Well, God has a will. And, And God has desires. And what the Scripture teaches me about my prayers is I'm doing a really good thing when I bring my will and desires in line with God's will and desires. The good thing I'm doing is getting my prayers to a place where they are powerfully answered. And so we've looked at that from, uh, well, okay, if God, I could just ask the question, well, what's God's will on this area? What's God's will in this desire? I've just phrased it as, what would God pray? If God was praying for me, what would he pray? If God was praying for my family, what would he pray? If God was praying for my church, what would he pray? And today, if God was praying for my government, what, what would he pray? And we're not imagining, we're not imagining, we're not guessing what God's will and desire is. We're not guessing at what he would pray. We go to his word. His word makes it very clear. It's not a, it's not a hunting, it's not a guessing. There, there it is. There's God's will. There's God's desire on these various areas of our life. And I would encourage us, like I did last week, where I said, hey, you, you need to have a day a week. You're praying for your church. I, a day a week might be five minutes. It might be 30 minutes. But have a day disciplined into your life where you are praying for your church. And likewise, you should have a day of your week where you're praying for our government. And, and so what we're going to talk about today is what would we pray for that government. Now there probably in our mind there's some real obvious things. And I would imagine a lot of us as followers of Christ, maybe we think of some places where we know our government is in contradiction to, is out of line with the scriptures. Maybe there are places we should be calling God's judgment down and calling God's fire down. But what I want to suggest is that there are some passages that are home base. There there are some passages we need to be praying regularly and consistently and constantly before we get into the various issues that we need to pray. I would say today probably the really hard part of this is how we have to check our mentality and our attitude. I mean, mean, as I I just said, folks, when when I think about government, I know what I think and I know that God thinks what I think. And I don't really need to do a, a lot of thinking on that. And so I enter prayer not to know what God says. I enter prayer to tell God what we think. And because God thinks just like I think, then that means I am on the side of right and good. 
And anybody who thinks differently or a politician that's on the other side is clearly on the side of evil. And so that's the way I'm to think about them. That's the way I'm to pray about them. Is, is that what God's Word says? Do I know that? I don't need to know that. God's with me. You see, I, I, again, I think this can happen on any issue. I think in government, this is a mentality we, we quite often carry into our prayers. Because my politician and my form of government is Christianity. And anything outside of that is an affront, an attack. You, know, you might be surprised to learn. God has a will for your life. It is agenda for your life. As a follower of Christ, there are priorities he wants you to have, values that he wants you to have. There are things he wants you to do. There are things he wants you not to do. And folks, you might be surprised to know that God's will for your life is incredibly, is shockingly not dependent upon a Republican or a Democrat being in the White House. It's not, it's not dependent on whether you like the governor or don't like the governor. It's not dependent. I, I think some of us in America maybe have got this a little confused. It's not dependent to be Christian to live in a democratic republic. God's will for you would be amazingly the same if you lived in communist China, uh, under fascism, under socialism, under a monarchy, or under a democratic republic. Are you saying government doesn't matter? We don't need to care about it? We just go, go do our thing? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we absolutely care about government. But maybe in a different way than you think. See, I think we need to care about government as stewards. Stewards, that's not a word we use a lot. It's a huge word in the New Testament. It's a huge word in Jesus' teaching. And it is the word that will guide your appointment with God when you stand before him. And now you're thinking, what, what, what word is this? Stewardship. It's a very simple idea. I'm a manager. Very few of us live this life as managers. Most of us live life as owners. I'm an owner of this day. I'm an owner of my money. I'm an owner of my time. I'm an owner of the nation I live in. I, I'm, I'm an owner of my relationships you see, the problem with approaching life that way is owners set directives. Owners decide how things are going to be. And then managers manage according to that, right? You see, the problem is you're not an owner. You don't even own your own body, 1 Corinthians 6.20. You don't own your own body. God owns it, and he's got quite a few directives on how you manage his body. How you manage his money, how you manage his time, and in your case and in my case, how we manage following Christ in a democratic republic. See, God's not going to hold a, a, a Christian in communist China accountable for the same thing he's going to hold me accountable for. The, the, the Chinese Christian does not have a voice and he does not have a vote. I do. I, I, that's the bare minimum of what we'll be held accountable for. But I'm held accountable for what I do with a voice, with what I do with my vote. And now comes the question, what is my vote and my voice for? Well, it's for my view of the military. It's for my view of taxes. It's for my view. <laughs> what if I would say to you that 
really only your engagement, my engagement with the government is for one influence and one thing. Godliness. Godliness. This isn't our world. I, I, I lose nothing based on what the government gives or takes from me. I, this is not my world. This is not my hope. Ah, but I care for all the people who do not have the luxury of living under this government with Christ. And, and, and so for them, we seek to influence for godliness. Godliness is our reason for voting. Godliness is our reason for praying. Godliness shapes how we do all these things. And, and here's the good news. Here, here's the good news. If you're praying to the Lord God, Yahweh, his son's name is Jesus. If you're praying with, to him, pray boldly and confidently because your prayers are being answered. There, there's not a situation going on that means God's not in control. As a matter of fact, I can look through history and I can see leaders not of my faith that will end up moving and working for the well-being of my faith. An example of that would be Cyrus, Xerxes, and Nebuchadnezzar, found in the books of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Isaiah. God uses people who aren't Christians, who aren't Jews, to accomplish good and right for Jews and Christians. Ah, but I can go a step further. All I said about those leaders is they were not of my faith. But actually what the scripture shows me is that God is in complete control and God is moving and working when there are bad leaders doing bad things. Pharaoh would be an example. Pontius Pilate would be an example. The Pharisees would be an example. So while I may not be comfortable under a particular government or leader, may I not like what a particular government or leader is doing, and I may have biblical reason for not liking that, I don't ever have to fret and worry. I don't ever pray in fear and anxiety. I pray with boldness and confidence because God is always moving and working. Our responsibility is to be praying. So here, here's what I'm going to do today. I, I'm trying to come at you a little bit different direction with each of these messages that we've done, although the last two were really kind of similar in their format. I'm going to do, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read three passages about government, and then I'm going to pray. I, I mean, after each passage. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to pray that passage. Now, the prayer is real. My prayer is genuine, but I'm praying as kind of a model, an illustration, if you will, of how we might read a passage and then pray about it. And right now I'm going to tell you something. You're you're going to say, well, what about? What about? There are whatabouts. There certainly are. There are exceptions. But folks, what we need to build into our lives is first and foremost, and I'm calling these passages home base. These are the prayers that need to be regular, consistent, faithful part of my prayer life for the government before I start calling fire down, before I start praying about other things. And you know, folks, one of the reasons we need to check our attitude, you know, when I look at at people like Nehemiah, when he prays for his country, when I look at any of the leaders in the Bible, when they pray about their country, there's overwhelming humility. Because I am a part of a people, Isaiah, of unclean lips. Oh, I cuss a lot less than they do out there. I'm not innocent. 
when I go to pray to God about the enemy, the one who is evil, the one who is clearly wrong, you are not innocent. So it's with the humility. And I think it's with that understanding then that we look at these passages. So let's start Proverbs 21. One verse, a simple verse, Proverbs 21. If you got your Bible there, go to Psalms. That's right in the middle of your Bible. And go one to the right. Proverbs is just to the right of Psalms. Proverbs 21, verse 1. This is actually communicating an idea that uh, I, I just talked about. Proverbs 21, verse 1. It says this. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it. Wherever he pleases. God guides the king. God guides the government wherever he pleases. You know, sometimes a a king, a governor might be doing something really wrong. And that's actually God's will. Not that he authored sin. Not that he led sin. But so that we would experience judgment. You know, we, we get the government we sometimes deserve, don't we? When we talk about our leaders, you know where our leaders came from? Us. They're us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you say here in your word that uh, you're guiding the government. You're guiding our leaders. Uh, Lord, you know there's places I can't see that or tell that. And and there's, there's places, Lord, where I know a government or a particular leader is moving in direct contradiction to your word. And I know you're not the author of sin. I know you don't tempt to sin. You don't inspire sin. So I'm not fully grasping all that that means, Lord. But I pray you help me to trust you. And Lord, in light of your word, I ask that you would guide our president, our Congress, our courts, our, our governor. God, right down to the county dog catcher. God, would you guide Would you guide and lead according to your will and according to your word? And God, regardless of what I can see, may my rest, may my peace be in knowing there's never a moment you're not working. There's not a government, there's not a king that has an authority greater than yours, that even has the ability to move in a way that you won't use for your good and glory. Oh God, may that knowledge affect how I Pray, may it affect how I live. God, may I know my peace and prosperity, first and foremost, always comes from your governance. No one or nothing else. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's look at Romans. Go to your right a lot. (laughs) Go about 90% of the way through your Bible. Get to Romans. You'll find John and Acts to the left, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians to the right, Romans chapter 13. I, prof- I find this to be a profoundly difficult passage, especially as I try to imagine myself being a 1st century Christian, a 1st century Christian in Rome. And when this letter from Paul is delivered, and, and I'm in a place where I hate my government, because this government, this emperor, snatched my child off the street and fed him to the lions. This, this government snatched my best friend off the street and burned him at the stake for entertainment. 
and did so for no other reason. They were breaking no law. They were doing no wrong. They just claimed the name of Christ. Now, if you understand that context, if you understand that place in history, and now here, now God, surely, surely, you got a plan here. Kill them all, God. And God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. How in the world do you process that statement? If the government just burned your child at the stake. Now again, my, my goal today is, is to talk about prayer, not teach on government or different issues. But I think we got to say something here. These, these passages are not saying that God authorized, that God ordained everything that a leader does. As a matter of fact... What this passage is communicating is the exact thing I just introduced to us a moment ago, stewardship. Leaders, people, are given positions. They're given authority, and they have to steward that leadership. By the way, that's not just presidents and governors. Teachers are a steward of authority. Coaches are a steward of authority. Bosses, supervisors You're a steward of authority. That authority has been given you by God, and you'll be held accountable for what you did with it. You're a steward of that. That doesn't mean God authorized everything that that leader did. All my money, every single penny comes from God. I'm going to answer to God for every single penny. That doesn't mean God authorized what I did or did not do with every single penny. And folks, the other thing this passage is communicating here about God giving us government is the the desperate wickedness of mankind. Yes, under Hitler, yes, under Stalin, under Mao Zedong, believe it or not, folks, you and I are worse without government than we are with it. In other words, the worst government The most evil government that has killed tens of millions of people is safer for the average person than anarchy. That's what's being communicated here. We do not do well. We just live like animals when everybody's their own authority and when everybody does what is right in their own eyes. And that's not, that is actually even less safe than some of the worst governments we've ever seen. So God gave us government. God gave us authority. Verse 2, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Now again, that's what, what, but Lord, that's not true. That's, that's not true. Generally speaking, yes, it is. Remember, folks, as God gives us this passage, he is speaking to all believers under all governments in all time. And this would be the standard operating principle, the standard operating procedure. Now, there will be other passages that guide us and help us with other issues and other times. But we're always working from here. We're always working from here. It's not a, well, yeah, but... I know here, no, generally speaking, you do well operating from good. And that's also what is being taught the Christian here. Whatever I'm going to do with a wicked government, the only platform God gives me is a platform of good. 
Okay? Verse 4. Well, let me back up in the middle of verse 3. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. That is generally absolutely the truth. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They're God's servants for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. We don't do our work from a place of rebellion and wrongdoing. That, that's the clear conscience. Verse 6. This is a little tough one as we enter tax season. <laughs> Pay your taxes too. <laughs> For the same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. Now, honestly, I want to say there, Lord, have you seen some of them? They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Not because of everything they do, but because authority is how God works. And that is what he is going to work through. This is a tough one. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I I come before you and ask for help in honoring and respecting all of the authorities in my life. Not just the ones I agree with, all of them, Lord. Help me to realize you work from a position of me doing good and me honoring and respecting authority. You don't give me another platform. Lord, I thank you that in my country... I can legally and rightly disagree with authority. I can legally and rightly even move to change what they've done. I can, I can even legally and rightly move to have them removed from office. I, I thank you that I have that opportunity, Lord. But again, may I always do that from a position of what is good and respectable and honoring. Lord, you... You said here that you put government in place to punish wrong and encourage right. Lord, I I, I pray for our, our president, our governor, our congress, our courts. Lord, I pray they would move and work in that light. I pray they would punish wrong. And Lord, I pray they would be a blessing and an encouragement in their laws and policies to those who are doing right, to those who are making a neighborhood and a a community a good place to live. God, I pray our government would come along and help help those people flourish and, and protect those people. Lord, I I I pray our our leaders would move and work in light of your word. Lord, I pray I would faithfully pay the taxes. God, I pray that I am I'm a person of honor and respect. Lord, help me to realize as I get caught up in government that a wa- there's a watching world. There's an unbelieving world. And Lord, if I'm being honest with myself, it can get kind of confusing and the lines can get blurred when I'm standing up for your values and your word and just what I want. And if I'm not careful, Lord, I, 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 might, I might start presenting a picture to a watching world about who you are and what you're about that maybe is not actually consistent with what you've communicated. Lord, I ask for your help in this. In the name of Jesus, amen.
One, one more passage. Let's go to the right still a good bit more. Go through Corinthians. You'll get to Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st Timothy. 1st Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, let me begin in verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Boy, what a clear statement about God, what God wants in your life and my life. Man, we are praying. What would you do this week? I prayed. For who? For everybody I could. Right? Okay, there's a period there. Pray for all people. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your boss, your coach, your teacher. Pray for the person that just cuts you off. Pray for everybody. Now, do we pray that that the fire of judgment falls on them? (laughs) Well, let's finish here. Ask God, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and so it's going to take this word, these words that probably a lot of you are looking at, intercession, supplications, and it's going to apply it to that. So ask God to help them. That's what supplication is. Intercede on their behalf. That's what intercession is. So now for all people I'm praying, I'm praying that God would help them. God, would you help them make right and good decisions? God, would you bring good and godly counsel into their lives? God, would you help them bear the burden of leadership and decision-making? Intercede on their behalf. Maybe they don't have enough sense to ask God for help. So on their behalf, I go and ask for God's help for them. And give thanks for them. No, Lord, that's where I draw the line. Give thanks for them. Pray this way. What way? The way I just talked to you about in verse 1. Pray this way for kings. Okay, Lord, again, I draw the line on that. (laughs) You see how easy it is to disagree with God? I mean, clearly. I mean, does he know what he's talking about? Yeah, I think he does. Pray for your king. Pray for your leader. Pray for your government. All who are in authority. Now, here's why. So I can get the tax I want. So I can get my view of military that I want. So, so I can get my view of values that I want. No, here, do this so that you can live a peaceful and quiet life. Okay, that's good, right? Hey, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Just leave me alone and, and I'll pay my taxes. No, our peaceful and quiet life has, is, has a character. It's to be marked by godliness. My goal in praying for any one leader, my goal in praying for any one issue is that the result would be godliness. Godliness, the kingdom of God advancing, the character of God advancing. That's the goal of all my prayers. Let me say it again. If I get nothing I want in this country, I've lost nothing. My citizenship is in heaven. I've got all eternity with everything I need and want. But not everybody in this government has that luxury. They don't don't have Christ. And so for them we pray. For them we pray with one goal, godliness. That's our goal in prayer. What's God's goal in prayer? Verse 3, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved. Okay, so if I'm praying according to God's desires, if I'm praying according to God's will, then what am I praying? That this person gets saved. That they know the same joy of forgiveness, the same joy of his blessings that I know. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I uh, come before you, Lord, and I want to be found faithful. We want to be found faithful to pray 
for those that are over us. Lord, uh, all joking aside, maybe they don't have the knowledge. Maybe they don't have the faith. We've all been there. We've all done that as believers, that we didn't have enough sense to call out to you. As believers, we've we've, we've not had enough sense to look for your will and your way on something. So why would I expect an unbeliever to do that, Lord? Father, I, I, I pray for our leaders that you would bring them good and godly counsel. I pray that you would bring them in contact with Christians that, that they respect and that they value their input. God, I, I pray for our Christians who, or I pray for our leaders who are not Christians, that they would come to faith in Jesus Christ. They would know the joy of your forgiveness. They would know the joy of heaven. They would see the beauty and truth of your word and begin to shape their leadership by it. Oh God, I tend to think what, a, what America needs is, a, is this kind of leader or that kind of leader. But Lord, what if there was a leader and he repented and he came to you while he was in office or she was in office. And that person with that spotlight on them showed us what it looked like to repent, to come to you and to begin to be shaped and molded by your word. Maybe that's what our country needs more than anything else. Is a really ungodly leader that you save with all of us watching. Lord, I do pray for godly leaders. I pray you would give us Christians at, at every level of government. And I pray you would protect and prosper their leadership. Give us godly leaders not only in government, but, but in the military, in the corporate world, in education, God, in, in, in media. Oh, God, we need godly people serving in these places. And Lord, I I thank you that you allow me to pray for things that result in an easier way of following you. Lord, I pray I'm building a life and preparing a faith that will follow you no no matter what kind of government I find myself under. Lord, as I'm praying about the values, the freedoms, the rights, the issues, the individuals that are so important... May I realize first and foremost, their salvation, people's salvation, and godliness needs to be the goal of my prayers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. You know, folks, there's so much to pray about for a nation, isn't there? Do you realize how little I just talked about? I mean, there's just issues and leaders and things things going on in our culture don't even have anything to do with government. All I talked about is one aspect of praying for the United States or for the Commonwealth of Virginia, and, and that's government. Yes, there are more things to pray, foreign and domestic. And some of those prayers may be in light of how I started But you know what? We need to be operating from here. God's spoken pretty clearly on why he's given government to the world, the good ones and the bad ones, why he allows that. So we need to start our prayers there. And we just need to realize, first and foremost, my engagement with government is prayer. And the goal of my prayer is not my tax base. The goal of my prayer is not America like I want it. The goal of, goal of my prayer is, is godliness. 
and the advancing of the gospel. And in that, we pray boldly and confidently because every knee, every government will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every government in history, every government on this earth will call Jesus king. And they're supposed to see me doing it first, faithfully, in all places and in all situations. You know, I, 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 again, I think there's sometimes, it's, hey, you know, honor government, respect government. I just want a peaceful and quiet life. I'll, they do their thing. I'll do my thing. You know, we, we need to care desperately about government. As I said a moment ago, I want to repeat this. Because hundreds of millions of lives live under a government without Christ. It's one thing to be oppressed. It's a whole other thing to be oppressed without Christ. It's one thing to be lied to and led astray. It's a whole other thing to be lied to and led astray without Christ. You know, we have a large, as we're here in February in Black History Month, we have a, a large, large piece of our history in America where we enslaved black individuals. And, you know, if you go back to that time in history, there'd be a group on one end that, that fiercely fought that and hated it. There'd be another group that fiercely fought for it and protected it. But then there's this mass in the middle that just, I mean, if the government says it's okay, what, I mean, what do you do? And, you know, those same kinds of lies are being put on us today. Those, that same kind of thinking is, is on us today. And, and there's, a, there's a group that will fiercely fight for it, and there's a group that will fiercely fight against it, and then there's about 90% of us in the middle that just, you know, if that's what the government says, it's what you do. And you can't fight it. For them, we pray. And for them, we pray for godliness and we pray for the gospel. Because the government and the world will lead us astray. Boy, if our prayers remind us of anything, it's that we have but one hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now trying to understand. And and Lord, I haven't covered everything there is to cover I know there'd be some that would disagree. Lord, there's places I disagree. I just don't get it. I just don't get why you said that. But Lord, whatever we're working through, whatever we're trying to understand about what we're praying for, what we're not praying for, who we're praying for, who I, I pray we're engaging with your word. That your word and the Holy Spirit is the single dominant influence about what I'm praying and why I'm praying. And may my singular goal not be my comfort. May it be godliness in the gospel. Oh, Lord, may I rest in the truth. You've got me covered. You've got me covered for all eternity. For those who've not yet come under your covering, I pray. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.